This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Muanina people, and the sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded. We pay our respects to elders, past and present. Hello, and welcome to our podcast called Two Tassie Teachers Talking. I'm Adam James, and with me is James McLeod. And today we conclude our interview with Chris Ray by discussing Chris's leadership roles at Hutchins. So, Chris, you've not just had a teaching role at Hutchins, you've also had some pretty substantial leadership roles. Uh, I imagine the way that genuine interactions that we've talked about, you having all the way from from staff to to up to us, uh, sort of fed into that. Could you talk a little bit about some of your your leadership experience at Hutchins? Certainly. um, It probably began at a significant and very defining level when... John Bednall first started here as headmaster and uh, I took over head of boarding and uh, that was in 1987 and went through to 1997. And I found that experience hugely invaluable um, because initially it was very, very hard. I'll read to you a little bit of a letter a student who wrote to me in 1986 who was a boarder and he trusted me with his letter because he was criticising what wasn't uh, being carried out uh, for the boarding community. But over the time of running the boarding house, I worked with, naturally, a resident staff. That gave me great insight into, quite apart from the day school working with teaching colleagues there, but residential staff you're living with Mm 24-7 and they're all different. Half of them were families, half of them were single young men. Quite often it was their first teaching appointment or they were completing a degree at uni, more often not a law degree. There was also the kitchen staff you had to work with. There was the maintenance staff and I also was on the executive meeting Uh, meetings because I represented the boarding community. And it just opened my eyes to so many areas of the school. And it prepared me with a broad view of looking at things and not just a narrow teaching perspective. Uh, I didn't realise it at the time. I came to realise it through time. And it, it, it served me incredibly well. But over the time, um, one of the first things John Bednall did was he said, there's going to be discipline and uh, we're going to have to be very strong. Back then it was three terms. The first term of my running the boarding house, we had seven suspensions. Wow. Mm. Uh, all, all deserved, mm-hmm. either related to cigarette smoking uh, in the dormitories um, oh, or... Was that, was that that they weren't smoking or they <laughs> <laughs> you must smoke in the dormitory? <laughs> um, and bringing alcohol into the boarding house. Oh, nice. And um, then beyond that, it was training the boys to trust authority and that a consistent disciplinary process would be implemented. Uh, a border parents support group was established. Border parents were able to meet with the headmaster, uh, myself and matron at the end of each term and they could talk about whatever they that concerned them. And within the student community, there was a captain and a vice-captain, there always was, but that was voted on 
and I use the same system as per football, uh, you've got to write down why this boy ought to be captain or vice captain. And we took up a lot of support for charities. Uh, this made the boys look outside themselves and uh, they were terrific with that. Terry Tess Patton Sheehan, <laughs> who went to Lonnie Grammar after Hutchins and a great bloke and contributed significantly at Hutchins. Early on, he suggested one year there was a movie floating around called Chariots of Fire and he came to me and he said, you know, Chris, they run around this building in Chariots of Fire. Why don't we have our own dash around the boarding house and call it the BH Dash and they can dash round the boarding house? And so we introduced it and had it every year and the boys loved it. Mm. It was fantastic. We had age divisions and (laughs) we didn't have a whistle to start it deliberately. Someone stood in the bell tower and clanged the bell and that was to link it to the old school. Yeah. And and like in the movie. Yeah. So that was fantastic. The other thing that came in in the first year was a BH newsletter every term. And I actively sought student contributions. And um, we also had a thing called Quote of the Month. If suddenly anyone became aware of someone putting their foot in their mouth, but it was very funny and non-threatening, they had to tell me and I would then decide whether it was appropriate to put in. And some of the stories were really funny about what kids said. <laughs> Innocent, and that was the point of it. Yeah. But we could all laugh at ourselves. Uh, and that was a great thing, the Bowers newsletter. The parents loved it. Yeah. And it actually helped strengthen our sense of boarding community. So all of that was good. Negative, I had one year... I won't say which, where it was very challenging because the final year boys, there were a very strong group of them who just weren't going to cooperate. Enough said there. What happened the following year? The culture was that strong. It just went back to the way it was before. Oh, well. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And can I finish on a positive there? Please. My first captain of boarding was the wonderful Ken Kingston. Oh, wow. (laughs) And in our first tough year, there couldn't have been a better person to have as the head boy. And he he was well supported by another boy, Neil Mulcahy, and both really nice, really nice people. And um, I have great memory of their loyalty and support and their year group, their year group in the boarding house, given that it was a sudden and big change, was fantastic. Yeah. If they if, were they were both in my first ever speech and drama class oh, in nineteen eighty three in grade eight. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gosh. And now of course Ken Kingston's the head of middle school. Yeah. Where yeah. Uh, I think there might be a new building going up. I don't know if you've heard about it, Chris. Uh, the new building in the middle school. Oh, is that the one on the bottom side? I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah what are they? Do you know what they're going to call that, James? Is that? Um, that's not for me to answer. Anyway. Not for you to answer. <laughs> do, do you know, James? Do you want to? I think it's being named after one of us in this very studio. <laughs> it's not Jared, the... congratulations. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It, it's it's fan- wonderful. Yeah, it's a re- yeah, it's a, just an absolutely brilliant tribute, Chris, and um, and it's a beautiful looking building, and uh, it'll be a great 
education space and uh, a real tribute to your career. Well. Yeah, and well-deserved. Well, uh, as I've said, I owe so much to so many other people that I learned from. It, it's a wee factor. Yeah, it's a wee factor. Can I just, on a negative, uh, quote what one of the boarding students wrote in 1986 that challenged us. Um, He says, and I quote, the role of survival of the fittest, as in physically fit, somehow still applies here. This is 1986. The strong always seem to get everything and the weak never disagrees to this for fear of violence that might be inflicted on them. Hmm. Um, Where senior student disciplining always ends up with such threats, quote, shut up or I'll smack your head in. And he wrote this as a grade 11 student. Uh, He was an international student, brilliant pianist Mm. and a lovely boy. And the fact he had the courage to write this at that time Mm. and he came over and he pushed it under my, where we were living, just behind the boarding house, he pushed it under the door. And um, I found out later through Ken, Ken Kingston, who had written it because he had spoken to Ken about it as well. And I appreciated it because it meant he trusted me. Yeah. And how serious the issue was about we've got to change the culture in this community. And we did, and it's because of a lot of people. And I'd like to also pay tribute here to Andrea Kuman, matron. She was one of the best things that happened to the boarding house. The boys just regarded her as their second mother and she never got a nickname. And in a school, if you don't get a nickname, it means they respect you. <laughs> Sometimes there are nicknames that are humorous. Other times there are put-down nicknames, aren't there? Yeah, for sure. But she was never referred to as anything other than matron. Wow. Mm. And she was great support to me. And she could treat things confidentially as and when the need arose. And the boys knew that too. Yeah. And it must be such a a relief to feel that security as someone who's, I guess, not in their home environment to feel like perhaps their their second home might be one where they can receive respect and, Mm. and identity and safety. That's a very good point. In fact, during my time, not often, but we would... Uh, suddenly find, particularly matric age, a boy would come into boarding who actually lived locally and it was because of difficulties in the family. And in all but one case over the 10 or so years, in every other case, the boy became happier, settled and valued being a boarder. And uh, that was because of the way everyone treated those boys and accepted them, gave them security, and we gave them trust and predictability. Yeah. That's one of the best things that came out of my time. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a, um, earlier this year at a new parents function. Uh, so, the, you know, where the uh, but boy, not they're not actually new parents. They've been the, parents for a while, but they 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 put students into the school, and just just on their first day at school, uh, or after their first week at school, and it was an old boy, an old, an old boy who was a boarder, and I was having a chat with him. I remembered him from years gone by, but he did and drama lessons that ought to be forgotten, <laughs> and. Uh, 
And he mentioned uh, about when he felt, uh, he said a really important moment for him was when he was in the boarding house and there was a, a dinner. Uh, and it, I don't know, it might have, I might be making some of this up, Chris, but it was like a Sunday night dinner where maybe the headmaster and, you know, visit a dignitary or two would visit and they'd be fed and they'd get a great meal and the boarders would get a not so great meal. And uh, he said, I always remember Chris Ray came in and said, the boys get fed the same as the the top table, yeah. and uh, I mean, food makes a huge difference to a to a boarder and a boy, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. You know, that's the thing. He said, "I just remember that was the first time that someone had stood up for me, and it was about the food." Yeah. And Chris said, "It's just not fair. Why why should they be eating the uh, the, the luscious roast, yeah. and the others were getting leftovers, yeah. sort of thing?" And uh, he just. Yeah, spoke so highly of you, Chris, for, oh. for, for drawing that line in the sand. I, actually, I had forgotten that until you said it, but uh, Adam, uh, I, I came in, I didn't know it in advance, and when I realised, I walked straight over to the servery and I said it publicly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't say it publicly to draw attention to myself. It was just my reaction, this isn't fair. Yeah, there, there you go. go. But I heard mm. that earlier. This year, it had just, you just reminded me there yeah. when you were talking about fairness. Mm. So I think, Chris, what we've just learned apart from your capacity and willingness to stand up for people who need to be stood up for is that you've had impacts on so many people's lives that you've probably forgotten some of them and those lives were impacted in such a way that the person impacted will probably never forget. So it's been today a joy, a pleasure and an honour to spend some time as the two Tassie teachers talking, to talk with Chris Ray. Um, We've really enjoyed having you with us and thank you very much. Oh, thank you for inviting me, both you and James, and I I never expected an experience like this. (laughs) It's a first and it'll go down on my CV too. (laughs) Oh, good, yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Adam. It's been a good start. It's been a good jump back on the horse. Yeah. Well, that's the end of our time together today on Two Tassie Teachers Talking. Thanks for joining us. Listeners, if you'd like to get involved, have any questions, or there's something you'd like us to talk about, you can email us using podcast podcast at hutchins.taz.edu.au. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to talking to you again next time.